everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 128. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching and then a review of the new film RRR. So without further ado, let's get into what we're watching. Hey, what you watching? We're back, baby. What we're watching. It's been a while. I can't even count the months it's that it's been since months, we've done probably, this. Months right? I want to say we did it like in February, maybe February, March. I don't know. I'm losing track of time, guys. We're in July. Where it still feels we? like June. I'm like, fuck. All these months are bleeding into each other. But that being said, <laughs> let's start with the bill. What have you been reading, watching or playing, sir? Nothing special. Unfortunately, not a lot of movies this time around, um, but I have been watching some TV shows. So there's that. Yeah, nice. big no, I surprise. It. I feel it. Yeah, I've actually been into some of these uh, drama dramatized uh, documentary murder series where they were like podcasts and they've turned them into a uh, little short series. Not sure why I went down this rabbit hole, <laughs> but I did. Tell me. Yeah, put the put the Unabomber glasses back on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching the show called The Thing About Pam. This is based on the 2011 murder of Betsy Faria that resulted in her husband, Russ, her convi- his conviction, but he insisted he didn't kill her. He claimed he was innocent. Um, the crime set off a chain of events that would expose a scheme deeply involving this lady named Pam Hupp, who is actually from a city called Troy, Missouri, which is like 20 minutes from here. Um yeah, so it's a local murder, too. This is starring uh, Renee Zellweger, who plays Pam Hupp, Josh Dumal as uh, Joel Schwartz, he's an attorney, a defense attorney, Judy Greer as uh, Leah Askey, who is the uh, prosecuting attorney for the state, for the county. So um, it's it's an interesting show. It's I think what's, what's fascinating about uh, this particular show was that Renee Zellweger decided to do a TV show. Um, it's probably uh, not that she's done a lot of things recently outside of you know that. just her recent comeback. I thought you were going to say like she's, she's uh, a <laughs> well, she's, I mean, she's, she's kind of a resurgence. Yeah, a year or two ago, right? But then well, she, she won. I think she like won the Golden Globe too. Yeah, she? she didn't win the Oscar though, but she yeah. got the Golden Globe. But did she look like she? Is the whole show like her looking like she just had like a lemon the whole time? <laughs> 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 Well, you can't uh, tell because they put a lot of prosthetic makeup. She, they made her kind of look a bit more hefty and added a little more to her, huh? Nice. Yeah, and she was even more annoying in the show. Like I didn't really like her, and she played that character pretty well. You know, just to be someone who was the uh, like Pam Hupp is somebody who basically, to her own detriment, always wants to win when she's ahead and doesn't want to be proved wrong and. Renee Zellweger plays her really well in that sense of you believe the motives and they kind of, you know, like any of these other kind of true crime uh, dramatizations, they kind of show uh, the history and the similarities of what they've shown in the show versus what happened in reality. And she was pretty on point with it. 
So, um, I mean, I, there's not much to say outside of the fact, you know, from a story perspective, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's her trying to make a situation worse for herself and not realizing it because she's mm-hmm. kind of gotten away with murder, even though nobody believes that she did, but there's no way to prove that she did it. And that's, and the way things end up is an interesting little twist that she, she put herself into without still necessarily admitting that she was guilty. But the, the film, the show itself, I mean, it's a short series, I think is well produced It's on Peacock, which, um, has, has some decent shows as well, but you don't get the chance to, um, they don't advertise a lot of things. So I think this was one of their bigger ones that they tried to advertise early on because it was a bigger story in the Midwest. Um, and they've got a lot of big characters. I mean, even just for me, Josh Dumal, James, uh, Marco both know that I'm a big fan of his and he happened to be in the show. So, you know, that <laughs> made it more interesting for me than to see him on there. So, right on, man. um, just a little interesting. There's not, I wouldn't say it's anything spectacular of, of like, oh, you have to see it. But if you're interested in kind of those, uh, dramatizations, uh, where they're showing true crime in, in, uh, a highly glossed version of it. It's a, a fun watch. And um, on top of that, I watched another one similar to that, but not necessarily on murder, called The Dropout. That was on Hulu. That's the ones uh, about uh, the Theranos founder, Elizabeth Holmes, uh, and her mm-hmm. story about trying to revolutionize the healthcare system by... Uh, dropping uh, out of college and starting this tech company where you get a drop of blood, a single drop of blood in this machine, and it can do all these labs, uh, essentially, uh, and get all the results that you need. And if you haven't ever read any of the news about it, it's all debunked. It wasn't a real thing. It was, it was uh, I wouldn't say it was a hoax. It sounds like she was really trying to make that happen. It just was scientifically impossible, at least at the time, and she wasn't anywhere near to figuring that out and was just kind of lying to a lot of people uh there's a starring amanda siegfried who plays as elizabeth holmes uh, naveen andrews who plays as her kind of business partner and lover boyfriend uh sunny balwani uh and naveen's from um lost if you remember him uh and stephen fry plays ian gibbons and ian gibbons is one of the the head chemists over there who helps kind of develop the science for uh the 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 machine that they're building also a really interesting show nice little uh docuseries about how she uh what's different about this show versus what what you'd see in like some of the uh the documentaries and the podcast that this is based off of um was that she seems a bit more relatable at least early on like she's weird elizabeth holmes but at the same time you can see what her motivation was she was trying to do something good and it all got too much for her but she didn't want to be seen as a failure and so did everything she could to kind of boister herself up and and instill confidence and used her fact that she was you know young and blonde and um i I guess pretty to some of the older guys and the investors and they base that off opinion or off a fact well this is all based off of a podcast investigation that was done about her story so i don't know how much the podcast is necessarily uh opinion because they were trying to base it off of you know a bunch of uh news articles and stories and tellings from uh, interviews that they had but i'd say it was a mix of some of it is obviously dramatized and some of it's just you know speculation um and other she's like super fact. fucking weird like she yeah, i saw that she's I saw very the, much yeah. a loner i saw the know? hbo documentary based off of it and, and man it was it was fucking wild man like 
She would. She wouldn't even admit that she was freaking lying or that she defrauded people. It, it was fucking wild. Like she just She's would like, not. I just need ten more dollars. Please. But she, she would still not take has the L. I was like, uh, yeah. She still. She won't take the. She won't admit no. admit that she failed at all. Even though many people believed in her, and um, she's cost many lives and uh, indirectly as well as many jobs as well. You know, for the people that worked with her. Yeah. So yeah. False hope. Is, yeah, yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's definitely. A tell of what Silicon Valley has has been going through, where especially during that period where you know to be a startup you need just a lot of influx of cash, and it's okay to lose money because the end result's going to make something mean something. And she kind of came about around that time where those tropes were starting to taper off, but because she was a woman and there wasn't a lot of women, um, I mean there still aren't a lot of women uh, led businesses like that that were getting that kind of level of uh, attention that she really stood out amongst the mess. And then, you know, her whole idea of imaging herself against her kind of idol, uh, which is Steve Jobs, and um, trying to present herself in a certain way where people could relate to her, which you never really could. Um, I don't I don't feel like, at least from what they portrayed in the show, that I could ever find a way to relate with her. But it did humanize her a little bit, you know, just at least with her intention and then her relationship with Sunny as well. Um, the way that she would describe it versus how the papers described it. Um, and then what they showed in this show had, a, I think, a good balance of of what maybe really was happening, which was a little bit of some guy kind of taking advantage of her, but also she was allowing him to intentionally and then kind of pushing and pulling him along as well. So it was, it's, it's a very interesting take on it. I mean, Amanda Siegfried did great. I uh, hadn't seen her in a while do anything um, like really big, except for like what Mamma Mia 2. <laughs> so <laughs> recently at least. So yeah, Amanda Seyfried does a really good job with her voice and kind of nailing, uh, Elizabeth Holmes' whole tone and demeanor, as well as some of the ticks and the traits that she does. Um, so she really embodies that character really well, and it, it makes for more of a, a believable role in general. So I think it's worth a watch if you're interested in that story, and if you have watched some of the podcasts and uh, or listened to the podcast or watched the documentary on HBO, this is a good companion piece to it and uh, an interesting adaptation of, of that whole story. Uh, yeah, it sounds interesting because I'm curious that they bring up the fact that, I don't know... They were saying that she actually talks in a fake voice. That she talks in an yeah. octave. Uh, yeah, that's what generally is listen to this podcast. That's why. So, like, she was telling me the same thing. It's like a, it's a tactic, apparently. That's yeah, why. Yeah, but right? she but she admits that it's her real voice. It's crazy. That's what she says. <laughs> it's but wild they show shit, they kind of show when she's practicing and people start noticing it, but never really say. <laughs> anything directly to her like it's just weird that she changes her voice I, i'd call you the fuck out right now bro i'm just letting you know i was like bro why are you talking like that man it's fucking weird stop anyway what are you talking about marco this is my voice <laughs> <laughs> no I, interesting I, i'd heard of that show but I, I never knew what the name was because i i had like i said i'd seen the hbo documentary on it and it was fucking wild right which it's pretty good yeah. if you haven't seen it check it out too i think it's only like a couple hours long it's not that long yeah agreed <clears throat> but right on, man. Good stuff. What about you, Sir James? What have you been watching, reading, or playing? Some bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> um, actually, I do want to give a shout out real quick. I I joined um a book club. By the way, I oh. feel like we should bring this up. Oh, because, interesting. Um, friend of the pod, Melanie, was on 
quite like a year ago, probably, right? Yeah. I think so. I, I want to say, yeah, I joined her book club, by the way. So nice. she talked about it there. So just a heads up, I actually joined it. We just did a book called Hide. I think our next book we're doing is going to be Salem's Lot from the look of it. But Oh, nice. It's a spoiler alert. But um, it's really fun so far. It's kind of uh, getting me back into actually reading a book, which is kind of cool. So oh, there you go. Little shout out there. Like I'm actually enjoying my time doing it because it's. I did it right between when I was moving into my new job, and I was like, you know what, I got some time. Fuck it. And then I was like, you know what, she's always supportive. Called, you know, and I was like, let me try it out. And always actually, shouting us out. It's really fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was just that. I just want to bring that up. So I actually am reading something. So, uh, movie wise, I'm going to talk about two movies here, guys. They're actually both in theaters. So I think one of them still is. I saw the horror film The Black Phone. I think you guys might know about it a little bit. It's with um, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. I saw the trailer. Nabil, Nabil said no. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, is, who is Ethan Hawke? I've never heard of him. He said, get your training day bullshit out of here. I don't know who the fuck <laughs> you're talking about, man. Who the fuck is it? Anyways, this is directed actually by Scott Derrickson, who was on the... Uh, he directed Sinister and um, the last Doctor Strange movie, the first one. He oh, actually did this creepy. movie because he left the second film. So, uh, so this movie is basically it takes place in the, I want to say late seventies, like seventy six or some shit like that. And it's about a, a serial killer. It's called the Grabber, right? And he's Fuck. like, why, he's why are you looking at me like that, much. man? When you said that, <laughs> son of a I was bitch, like, Marco, please mute yourself. Um, he's killing kids basically. So it's like, um, kids are going missing. People are getting scared. And we follow uh, the main character here. His name's Finney. He's uh, played by Mason Thames. And he gets kidnapped by him. And he's thrown in the dude's basement. And the the, the unique aspect of this movie is that like, the grabber wears masks to kind of like portray like his feelings and shit. He's like a super fucking creep, right? So you never actually see his real face. It's kind of creepy. And while he's down in this little basement thing, Finney is... There's a phone that's not connected, but he's getting phone calls from... The previous people that, that were killed and they're trying to help him like get out of the situation pretty much mm-hmm. and then meanwhile his sister has like psychic powers or some shit and she's like getting visions by the way so side story um <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, a B, just, a just a simple b plot it's fine Fuck. yeah it's a b plot but uh she uh his sister by the way i had to bring it up played by madeline mcgraw her name's gwen in the movie she's really good too she's hella funny so it's uh, really good with suspense. It's really good with like the... It's not like a jump scare kind of horror film. It's actually kind of sad if you think about it because it's like kids getting, you know, killed by a serial killer. Yeah. It's fucking wild. So, And I think Ethan Hawke kills it in this movie too. It's one of those movies where it's in my top 10 for the year so far. That's how good. I, that's how much I liked it. So Nice. Wow. Nice little horror film. So if you're looking for a horror film, if it's been a while, if it's one of those movies that you're like, hey... I don't know if this is any good. This movie was really good. So it's out in theaters right now. So you asking me out, big boy? Hmm? Shit, maybe. Fuck. All right. Bitch, maybe. Let's go. Know. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other movie I saw, I watched um, Elvis, the new uh, Baz Luhrmann film about fucking Elvis. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't say. Uh, it, 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 like any. Boz Lerman film where like you got to think about it like Great Gatsby or um, Romeo and Juliet. They're always really stylized in a way where they they mix a lot. They mix a lot of like modern day aesthetics to it. It's more of like a fantasy kind of look at how things could be, you know, but this one is a bit more grounded, I think. But it's it's 
more or less about Elvis. He's played by Austin Butler. Uh, his relationship with his manager, Colonel Tom Parker, played by Tom Hanks. And um, this shit was fantastic. So That's what I heard. This was, um, it was great. It's, it is really long. Don't get me wrong. But I went with uh, Janelle to see it too. And I don't think Janelle even a Elvis fan. But like, dude, like you will have every song stuck in your fucking head by the end of this fucking movie, dude. Oh, shit. Uh, Austin Butler fucking kills it too as Elvis. It is absolutely insane how well he he does the singing in the the 60s version of Elvis and then the 70s his voice is combined with Elvis to portray him. So Nice. And he even got the dialect down like he was talking like him still even during like interviews. It's fucking weird, dude. Like <laughs> Like Elvis has such a unique fucking voice, you know? Like yeah. And uh, I like the story of it. It's fucking sad as fuck, though, by the end. It goes all the way from his beginning to his death, you know? And it's just like, you really just see how, like, you know, like the modern day celebrities, how you got these people got hosed, basically, and fucking used and, like, trapped into these shitty fucking contracts that were, like, basically lead you to your fucking death, you know? Because it's like, I I can't do anything else. So, uh, if you're an Elvis fan, do yourself a favor. See this one in theaters. Uh, it is, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. A lot of the music was great. Austin Butler has to get an Oscar nom for this. Like, that's how good I think his performance was. So, and Tom Hanks is like an over-the-top cartoony villain, though. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I heard a lot of people have talked crap about, uh, his portrayal of Colonel, of the Colonel in this film. Which I think but it funny. works. But once again, you have to look at it as, at a, as like a Boz Lerman film. You're like, oh, it makes sense. I mean, someone's got to be a bad guy, so... It's this guy that has this fucking weird fucking background to him, right? So it's like, eh, it's weird. So, well, the music's great. Soundtrack's fucking awesome. There's some like really key moments in this movie that I think they do super fucking well. So, but yeah, I would highly recommend checking out Elvis. They show him being abducted by aliens and not really dying. Is that what you're saying? He's alive, guy. I mean, it. by the end of the movie, Nabil, you almost wish that would happen because I felt so bad. Like, I had already known a lot of it, but this is really breaks down, like, how screwed he got from trusting yeah. the wrong people. And it's just like, fuck, man. It's just, it's like really sad. His last few years of his life are really, really sad. It's like, shit, man, this sucks. Yeah. So. Now, I heard really good things about it. I heard that uh, uh, Elvis's, um, his descendants, his family, his living family, like, were really, like, thankful of how uh, Baz Luhrmann did did the movie and like said that they uh they uh were really thankful at how he portrayed Elvis and like just loved it so made me interested yeah in I've heard the same the thing so yeah. it's one of those things where it's like I don't know if you, are you guys like Elvis songs at all like um yeah, I like I'm some of his songs if, yeah. if, if you even remotely like Elvis shit Nabil I'm shocked you haven't seen this then by the way you should definitely see this yeah I plan it's to a really good like that. theater experience too because of the music is it there's music like every once again, like a Boz Lumber, but there's music yeah. like Moulin Rouge, right? There's music every like 10 yeah. fucking minutes in this thing. Like there's mm-hmm. very little like, they definitely set up a lot of stuff, but a lot of it's like, I'm here to see this fucker sing. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you're like, get me some shit. And then they'd be adding like fucking remixes with like modern day people sometimes. You're like, God damn, is that Doja Cat popping in right now? What the fuck's going now, on? Is he, is he singing as well? Or is he it sings more... all the anything before 72 or 74 because he dies in 77? So there's one performance where they mix him together with Elvis, and it's pretty fucking phenomenal. Okay. 
Nice. It's almost like you can't even tell. You're like, what the fuck? You're like, wait, that's that's real Elvis now. What am I doing? So, <laughs> but all the stuff in this fifty, uh, the sixties, fifties and sixties stuff is all Austin Butler singing. That's cool. So it's pretty dope. They they definitely cast the right guy, which is fucking crazy. Because when they announced it, I was like, I don't know about this. Sorry, I you know this guy too. from the Shannara series, and then out of nowhere, I was like, never mind. He's I only knew him as his cameo from uh, Arrow. That's it. Is he Nero? Yeah, he dated Nero. the sister for a little bit. He was part of the League of Shadows or League of Assassins. Oh, I don't remember that. I remember he yeah. was in... <laughs> Strangely enough, I remember he was that. Shannara series, and then he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as one of the cultist people that gets killed. I oh, think that's he gets right. eaten by the dog. He gets yeah. eaten by the dog, I think. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. Those two movies, I'd highly recommend both of them. So, what about you, Marco? What you been watching? Cause <laughs> I just like in a bill, I've been watching a lot of uh, TV shows um, for the most part. Um, haven't really been to the movies or catching any. Well, I guess I, I caught a few on stream, but primarily uh, I watched um, the Boys season. Was it season four? Was four, season four? three. Season three? Season three? Jeez, feels like it's been a longer. Yeah, it feels like it should be season four. I've been watching a lot of shit, man. Because it's good, that's why. Dude, it <laughs> is fucking good. For a show that only has like eight episodes a season, it's fucking Dude, I was just solid, talking man. to the Bill. It's it's crazy. The finales this week, I'm like, fuck already? Dude, right? It, uh, and yeah. this is that they, they release like three episodes Three to begin with, yeah. yeah. To, to yeah. Get, you, get you wet, as, you know, as the kids say these days. Or as and, Marco would say, get you get a little nasty with it. Yeah, if you're nasty with it. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, it, it's it's really hard to talk about the plot without like spoiling some shit. So if you're not caught up, then you might want to skip this part. But I would say, how about this, then, Marco? Don't even go over the plot. Just tell people because we'll jump in too. What do you, do you like this season? I'm, dude, I'm fucking loving this fucking season. I love the direction that they're going. I I love the evolution of the characters and how they're they're they are so vastly different as they were in in season one well to a point i mean homelander just keeps getting more and more unhinged each each season and like yeah. it's you know it's, he finally like you know ripped the band-aid off and he's like kind of embracing cool. it this season I would say. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and it, and it, you actually see like the growth of other people like of um starlight uh the other characters you, you see like where they were season one to now and you're like oh man it's it feels like such a uh fulfilled journey you know whether you hate the character or whether you like them they are in such different spots and in such a different person than they were originally and that's just like solid fucking writing you know and the fact that the all the actors are able to embrace that and are able to like give the like such great performances like there is no shitty performance like no shitty line um like obviously butcher steals the fucking show every time he's on screen man and he's <laughs> even he's just as unhinged this season as uh as homelander for like different reasons and like the fact that he's willing to to do you know whatever that, it takes that accent bro right it's cockney accent bro <laughs> dude weird cockney accent. it's it's so fucking good it's fire every time it's like every time he says love or something i'm like he's so offensive toward everybody dude, like he damn he is he just gives just no fucks, guy. man. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, man. The the social commentary mixed in with the plot, it, it works so well. You know, like it's not like 
uh, all up in your face. It ma- it makes sense for like the plot and also for um, for the set of characters. So I mean, I mean, are you liking it? And I know you said you've been watching your your cut up, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm liking it a lot, dude. Yeah, it's one of those shows that I actually look as soon as it drops. It actually comes out early on Thursdays because uh, Pacific to Coast time. We get it like at seven o'clock at night. Yeah, like, fuck yeah. And each, so I, I <laughs> need to knock it out Thursday night, man. Each, so each season gets more and more risque. They really love like blowing people up, man. In this fucking show, and yeah, showing this, it, this like, show, this not show, for, it's not for kids. No, no definitely, definitely not for not. kids. And they they said that this show essentially forced Amazon to create a standards and practice department because they didn't have one before, and they got. They were pushing the envelope so hard. They're like, we need to make sure that this doesn't violate some kind of uh, rules somewhere, even though it's all streaming online. Oh, yeah. They, the, the later episodes or maybe even this whole season, they had to actually put dis- disclaimers on some of the episodes. Because yeah. like, I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck are they going to show? Just, I feel like they put those just to be funny, though, because the one for <laughs> yeah, they're hilarious when you read it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, we spent a lot more money than we probably should have on this. Like, okay, I mean, that's just a joke. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And then the well, other one's like, we didn't harm anything. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you sure? No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, definitely a bigger budget this season. They're, it's balls to the wall, man. Everything that they're showing. Um, you, you, I like how you get to know more about Mother's Milk's background and, and everything that's happened to him and the trauma he's been through and stuff and how it's affecting his present. And the fact that each season you get to know like a new character a little what? bit more. It just, it just shows that, man, that these are well-rounded characters and like each one you want to get to know more again, whether you hate them or you love them, you like, I want to know more, you know, but yeah, man, um, it's, it's fucking good. Again, if, if you don't have a weak stomach, uh, for the grotesque, then this is probably something for you. If you're into superheroes, this is for you. It's on Amazon prime video. So check it out. Only eight episodes a season, real easy watch. I mean, some of these episodes go like an hour and 10 minutes, but you don't feel it because you're enjoying it so fucking much. No, you don't. No, exactly. <laughs> they know they don't. They've never overstayed their welcome with this show, like episode wise. I'm like, okay, cool. no, it actually always leaves you uh, wanting more. So really enjoying it. Aside from that, I went ahead. I drank the Kool Aid after talking so much fucking shit leading up to its premiere. I watched Stranger Thing Things Four. So jokes on all of you. We I'm did. We, we all did too. By the way, yes. Just yeah. Um. And I tell you, I was, um, by the end of it, I was pleasantly surprised. Not gonna lie. I actually, I, before even the finale, Marco, like, I know you were like, no, I was like, I liked, I actually thought it was okay. I think it's just a slow start this season. Yes. Obviously, we won't spoil anything because the finale just came out literally three days ago and people love to fucking ruin that shit the day it drops. Stay away from the internet. I'm letting you know right now. I know. People putting po- fucking photos already. I'm like, great, that's cool. I just, you know, some of us have to work on Fridays, but that's fine. Um, I do, I, I do yeah. agree that the show was off to a slow start. Um, like first two, three episodes. I think actually they really starts to shine when they get into the longer episodes. Man, the hour and a half, two hour episodes. I'm like, really, you guys could have cut off like the first two episodes and just started right but, here. And yeah, but it sets up the characters, and I, and actually, if you think about it, without spoiling stuff, with how it ended too, like. It, kind of builds up for a character when you care about by the end, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's because, you know, like when you're going through season three and how that ended and like James said, you know, trying to justify them jumping up in age by five years, but really it's only been like six months. Like they, they want to kind dude, of... Dude, they're not even going to time jump for the last season. No, no, dude, no spoiler with that, but like they can't. 
I was like, fuck, these, these going to be in their fucking 30s, like shit. playing fucking 16-year-olds with little short shorts and shit. You know, I got used like, to it, on, I got used to a little bit. I was like, okay, I guess only okay. Go only one character ever, I, whenever it went to Will, I would always be like, never mind. I'm right back <laughs> where the fuck. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. This guy looks like a fucking idiot. So... <laughs> Still has his haircut. I'm like, all right, dude. Doesn't dude, work for it, and he's always just like, he's he just 26 wants to play D&D, guys. Bro. Can you change his hair, please? It's just sad. Like his character is the one that looks the most out of place now. Everyone else, you could probably you know, Nancy's getting long in the tooth too. Let's face yeah. it, she's almost our fucking age. Um, Mike though too. Yeah. Uh, well, I think much, for dude. Finn Wolfhard, it's because we've seen him in so many fucking things. That's why we're like, yeah. this guy's in Ghostbusters. He's still coming back to this fucking even, show? Dude, even so go, like, from Ghostbusters to now, like, total difference. Like, it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. This dude aged like 15 more years. Are you serious? I saw him sm- he had a cigarette band in his ear for half of the shots. I'm like, what's he doing? <laughs> I th- I they, think didn't, the only- they didn't teach you that out? <laughs> I-, I think everyone likes Steven because he's been the most consistent looking in the entire fucking series. Like, he looks the Because he's the, the oldest fucking person yeah. there. That's yeah, why. He's like is. 31 or some shit. He's yeah, playing he- a fucking 19-year-old. It's like, a, but whatever. The same and then they're gonna across. do a. They're doing a spinoff now too. I just read. I'm like, fuck. There's a spinoff oh, now really? too. Let, let, let it end, guys. Uh, I I, I recently like, I recently don't tweeted dead this bitch. Don't I recently tweeted and, bitch, and posted my 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 season rankings so far, and I think I did like season one, season three, season four, the pandemic, monkeypox, and then season two. <laughs> like yeah, in that order, two is easily the worst. I remember yeah. season two is why I didn't jump on season three as quick. I, I watched yeah, season no, three I like a year after it came out. Remember, I was like, oh, I just didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, I like, took what? hell long to see season yeah. three. Yeah, you weren't sure if you even wanted to watch it. Like, I watched it. it like the summer after it came out. I'm like, yeah. that shit came out last year. I'm like, fuck, maybe I'll watch it finally. Pretty much, but uh, um, overall, I think uh, it this season ended pretty solid. They they do good by the characters in this show also. By the end of it, um, again, I I, I'm, I had I'm an issue with the way it started for season five. Like, yeah, I, I, I tweeted I, that too. I was like, I what? really don't want to wait for a year to watch it. I, I, it's, it's not coming out until 2024, though. Yeah, 2024. Oh, yeah, two God. years, bro. That's but what we told, it, bro. All these guys are going to be in their mid 20s. They got to shave in between takes, bro. <laughs> they uh, they left it in a good enough cliffhanger to to get you juiced up for it, and it really does have a solid payoff. There's some really good emotional fucking scenes on there. Some callbacks like the first season and even some of the third season, which I think when they bring out that fucking raw motion is when like it, the, the show really shines. And um, I, I think that t- the later, longer episodes do that a lot more and really make you like feel for for the character. Let's face it, you, that so. two and a half hour episode could have been two episodes, though. Yeah, it really could have oh, been shit. You could have made this nine. I'm like, oh, OK, I see what you guys are doing. here. Yeah. But yeah, it's it still works. Yeah, because they want to keep that nine episode. I gotta say, shout out to the actor that plays Lucas. Like he really shows off his acting chops in that last. Oh season. yeah, dude. Really good. So, he was yeah. he did great. I, like I think him. all I think all of them do pretty good. Like, I mean, they don't give yeah, Will everyone, that much. Everyone but, except but except Will. So, yeah. He he does have one scene where he does shine. And that's about it. I'm like, okay, they gave him something at least. Fuck, they threw him a fucking bone. I'm like, all right. All right, but was they it really crying scene dude, number three or which one was it? Th- every season though, they still don't know what to do with fucking Will, man. They still don't. They're dude, like, you should have died in the first fucking yeah, season. They're, they're, they're yeah, just and like, they're like, oh, we brought him back. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you got to do something in the last season, and and I the the freaking what they did this season, it's like, oh, oh, okay, cool, you guys did that, but it didn't really have much of a payoff. You know, I'm not, I'm trying to not to spoil what it is, but very apparent, very on the nose. 
anyway, uh, aside from that, I've just been watching the same old bullshit. Star Trek, um, Strange New Worlds, solid show on fucking Paramount Plus. Check it out. Also started uh, For All Mankind on Apple TV. Really good show, too. I'll get into that more later once I finish uh, a couple more of the seasons, but really solid show, sci-fi. And uh, randomly been watching the Predator movies and anticipation for the new sequel prey that's going to come out on hulu so watch the you know predator predator and uh randomly been playing uh hunting grounds again <laughs> so yeah that's what yeah. i've been watching and also fucking playing recently nice all right thanks marco uh for the what we've been watching there let's move on now to our main review of rrr RRR, which stands for Rise, Roar, and Revolt. I thought it meant. I was about to ask the bill what it meant. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. I guess that. Um, like, sorry, go ahead, Nabil. Continue, my friend. <laughs> it's uh, currently on Netflix and is sitting at a ninety-one percent Rotten Tomato score. So really, really high for a uh, surprisingly enough for a quote-unquote Tollywood film. This premise is a fictitious story about two legendary revolutionaries and their journey away from home before they started fighting for their country in the 1920s. This is directed by S.S. Raj Amuli, written by Vijay Indra Prasad, Sai Mudhav Bra, Madhan Karki, S.S. Raj Amuli, and Ria Mukherjee. This is released on uh, in theaters on March 25th this year and started streaming on Netflix on uh, May 20th. It's starring N.T. Rama Rao Jr., who is Komaram Bhim, Ram Charan as Aluri Sitarama Raju, Aliyah Bhatt as Sita, Ray Stevenson as Governor Scott Buxton, Allison Doody as Catherine Buxton, and Olivia Morris as Jenny. You would have never known if I just wrote some fake fucking names here. <laughs> Not a clue. I would never even know. <laughs> I was going to put you in and be like, and this guy is, oh, that's me. So I'm, Dude, I'm, like, I'm like Ron was, Burgundy, guys. You just put it on a teleprompter and just read whatever I was, you I was read whatever to, you put. I was waiting to see it in the bill. I was like, fuck yes. No, I was like, I'm not trying to be racist, so... <laughs> 
I like how the last one's Jenny. So. Yeah. I know, just Jenny. I don't know. Um, so, I'm going to start with you, James. Have you ever actually seen an Indian uh, Tuluga film? Um, I, or even a Hindi film, honestly, in general? I, uh, God, I mean, Slumdog Millionaire, I guess. I, but that's not, I mean, Life yes, of Pi. They do no, speak Hindi <laughs> in the film. Life of um, Pi. No, it's, that doesn't count. Um, no. Man, I I don't I don't think I have, or I've seen parts of parts of them. I guess maybe, but then once again, I couldn't tell you. Like I remember once you invited me to go see one because they, they sometimes they play out here, but they're they do super, yeah. super fucking long. I remember, and I was like, the, okay. the film, I mean, obviously it's a three hour plus film. They're and all which, which like apparently that. is like they're all about three hours long. Every yeah, movie that's pretty standard. Yeah, so that's like okay, bang for your buck. But um, I want to say. Probably not, actually. I think this is probably the first one I've ever seen. Really? I would have sworn I've got, had you watched like an old Shah Rukh Khan film, like Kabi Kushi Kabi Kam or something like that. Like it's some some big famous Indian film, but I, I guess we haven't actually I'm trying sat down to, to do that. I'm trying to... Th- I, I, when I wrote this out, I was like, have I? I I'm, pretty sh- I'm pretty sure probably not, but I might have seen clips of something during film studies and shit like that, but I don't, I don't think... He was I mainly had, asleep, though, yeah. during those. I probably was. <laughs> Yeah, those are the times he doesn't remember. <laughs> well, I didn't what take any. You, I didn't. I didn't take any Indian language film Indian classes. classes. Maybe that's why too. So <laughs> well, that's slow probably. down there, big guy. <laughs> well, how but, about you, Marco? Uh, Have yeah. you had any experience any uh, of Bollywood films, Hollywood films? I mean, any of the Indian language films uh, before? No, never. This is probably mm-hmm. my my first yeah. time. I'm actually surprised. I I, sh- I should have, but I've heard. I've heard. You know. Um. I've heard things about like you know their movies being like really good and stuff, and some of them actually like being like quite entertaining and, and epic. But I never, no, I, I haven't. This is my first time. <laughs> if anything, okay. If anything, I can I can follow with that. Like I I know of like some of the kind of like the aspects of them. Like I know they have like musical right. numbers a lot of time out of nowhere and shit like that, or like um, production value at like for Bollywood mm-hmm. films is like second to hollywood pretty much from what i heard right so and they've gotten better over the decades too like the production value and the money put into these films are are much higher i mean even watching this film the graphics um were better than i expected them to be you know so they'd be pretty on par to even a b B b-list film better than some b-list films you know not quite top tier but right there where you with passes for a lot of things so i mean it was a dolby vision and dolby atmos audio so right yeah kind of up there right good quality um, and obviously, of uh, not not that it's uh, I guess shouldn't be obvious if I'm not trying to stereotype myself, but I've seen plenty of Indian films. Um, no way! I, I didn't want to say anything. I, I was like, I was like, <laughs> I wonder if he has seen one. Yeah. <laughs> didn't want to yeah, say. Um, there's this this film definitely falls into a lot of those the Indian tropes, but it is different as well. It's it's just got a better uh, production value. The historical accuracies and uh, the, the scripts behind it leave leave some lacking which we'll talk about but um the film itself for um compared to a lot of other movies pretty on par especially for it being an action film i'm used mm-hmm. to seeing a lot more um romance and and kind of romantic comedies which are much more popular um in in especially in like bollywood films they're they're a lot more of the bigger classics but there's uh, I've I've heard yeah, it, yeah. I've heard the romance is like the the number one thing. 
Yeah, there's, but the, but it's also because there's not a lot of good action films, so there's only a few that really stand out that you could be like, oh yeah, I've seen that. This is definitely one I feel like is <laughs> things that people will remember, um, as is apparent with its rating. Um, let's let me ask you too, James, it's, uh, since it's something you haven't really, at least you can't recall, you experienced before watching this and kind of in the first time watching an Indian real Indian film thoroughly throughout from start to finish. What did you really think about this film and just the idea of how like Bollywood and Tollywood films work, like the structure of it? What to say about this movie? It was very, it was very different from what I, 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 I didn't know how to approach because I, I mean, I've seen foreign films obviously, and, right. yeah. but this was like another like, this is a whole other fucking genre, basically, man. There's there's some of the most wild shit I've ever seen, possibly on screen, like ever <laughs> in this film. Like hands down, like I think, like I, I'm not joking. Like this is a movie. Like um, I think you should everyone should catch this if you're listening to this. If you have like an inkling of fucking like, I wonder what it's about. Like I, I was highly entertained. I liked it a lot. I liked the relationships between the two uh, the two leads with Beam and Raju, and this is like. The fucking bromance between them was just fucking epic as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, the action was actually really well done and choreographed. Um, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, there's some parts of it where it shows, like, you know, some CG's a little hurt and stuff, but, it, like, for the most part, man, like, I had a blast watching this, so. Nice. What about you, Marco? How, how, did, how was your first experience um, with, with these kind of films? What did you think about it? I fucking loved it, dude. I like just like James said. I was it was very entertaining. It was very well done. Very well filmed. Um, the, 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 I have the, to jump in, Marco. I was in Texas and Marco sent me a text already. He was already watching this ahead of time. He's like, bro, you have to let me know yeah. when you start this fucking movie because <laughs> he was like that excited. He's like, this shit's fucking insane. Dude, and I, I was just so like, so I ha- I had a fucking <laughs> tooth infection, right? And uh, I I had to get on some pain meds and shit asap from uh from the dentist. So I was fucking popping Norcos and watching this fucking movie. And it was just, it was fucking amazing. It was what I needed. It helped me fucking forget the fact that I was like suffering in pain. I watched it with my brother and I was like, dude, you want to watch this movie with me? He was like, dude, let's, let's do it. <laughs> we were both fucking entertained, man. Uh, the, the, the structure is very, is very different. I think James hits it, hits the nail on the head where he says it's, it's very unique and, you you see some stuff you just don't normally see in movies the 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 mixture of the genres and everything like from action from movie from action to musical to to a to romance all of it into into one um was was just so well done the bromance obviously is just fucking awesome um you, you can't help but enjoy the the bromance between the two main characters and um the the choreography on the action i, I agree on there too it's just fucking awesome some like of the most like original fight scenes that I've ever seen. Like, cause now, nowadays in Hollywood, it, it, it always just kind of seems like it's like the same choreographer and everyone that, 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 that close quarter combat that, you know, it started with the dark Knight. And now everyone's fucking doing it, you know? And this movie, like they use their, their entire fucking um, environment during a fight. And I like that. It's like spread out. It's, it's open. It's, it's, it, it, it it's um it it feels more like I don't know like not not realistic but just so much more or, original I guess that's that's 
the only word I can come up with. So so much more original. So um, very much entertained and uh, like so glad that we chose it. So yeah, I mean, I've, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that you guys really uh, enjoyed the film and and uh, found the experience different and yet still enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And and you just watching this, you can see that there's a lot of overemphasis of emotion being expressed mm-hmm. in the film, and that's that's all intentional. They're all like that. They all have a lot of extreme emotional emphasis on on faces, on reactions, and that's because it's dubbed in so many languages. <laughs> that so as as we have been accustomed to listening to some shitty dubs on other languages, you know, in English to, to this, it helps to kind of really portray for for the voice actor what the, they're trying to um, to you know to show on screen, and that yeah, kind of helps them with that. Yeah. yeah, so there there's a lot of over exaggeration and everything, and it actually has become such a trope that it plays well in all these films, whether it's a romantic comedy or an action film, like you're super serious and hard and angry, or or super sad and and you know, feel like you're in despair and the world's crumbling. Like, that's just a staple of them now. And it's mm. a lot of the times that I've watched them, it's always been kind of funny. But I think, like you guys said, it's worked really well in this for an action film because the relationships that they built with the characters, you, you, though you know where it's kind of going, um, it's, it's not like they're trying to hide anything. Um, everything's kind of plain for, for the viewer to know where this film's going to end up going to. You also feel so vested, like, Oh, I hope I I don't want this to happen. I don't want them to to hate each other because they seem like they're just so cool together. There's a whole right. montage of them just being friends. You know, like we, <laughs> bro, bro, I mean, the walking underwater scene. scenes, we <laughs> holding hands in the park, and bro. Thing, you know? When they they fucking oh my god, dude. <laughs> They just lock eyes even before that, and they just know there's no there's not even a word of dialogue. He's like, we gotta save this fucking kid, right? And they just <laughs> and they chose the weirdest way to catch this fucking kid, man. Oh yeah, I, I didn't understand what they were doing too. I was doing hand signals. Like, I'm yeah. like, what are they doing? Where's their like, motorcycle? Yo, it's like Something super just- overly complicated plan just to save the fucking kid. <laughs> And then they both just crash down and they just do the fucking predator fucking hand clasps underwater. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's when the movie I mean, sold me. I it's was like, like well, brothers is like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. Now they're B- BFFs. So. When you when you have a fucking motorcycle and a horse in the same fucking action scene just racing towards each other, like, you, you got to fucking, oh, they really you gotta fucking make love Make sure it, you man. know that imagery, too, because that's shown multiple times. Oh, it's motorcycle. like different angles, slow yeah. motion. I'm like, okay, we got it. We got it. <laughs> well, so obviously that's a memorable scene. What was there any kind of particular scene that really was like, this is just bonkers? Like I'm never gonna forget what I've just seen in this film. Uh, James, was there like anything that Fuck, really I stood mean, out to you? Well, let's let's go through the list here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when a man fights no less than 300 people and still comes out of it. <laughs> Bro, when he did the superhero jump over the fucking fence, I was like, that was the first like two minutes of the movie. I was like, word. I was like, what's going on here? I was like, what the fuck? He's like, arrest that man. And he's like, okay. I'm like, he took that shit literally. Like, he's like, okay, I guess I got to go through all these motherfuckers right here. And that's when I knew I was like, all right, we're in for something weird here. So set, set it up for you early on, so there was no doubt what film you're watching. It's like all the intros, and then when you get to like fucking Beam's character, he's just casually chilling in the jungle, and he's like, they're trying to capture a wolf, but then like a lion, sh- a tiger shows up, and he's fighting a fucking tiger, like hand to hand combat at one point. I don't point, know, holding him down with his bare hands with the just rope. Just reminded me just, of James. The whole fucking Wait, what was time. that? <laughs> Who? 
the whole tiger the, the tiger scene just reminded me of you james oh, i don't geez. know why I just but it like, did. i was just like yo these guys are yoked shit man yeah. like i know the beam guy had to get in like big time shape for this movie too i i, I looked into it because yeah. he's usually like a bigger dude but he was like flexing like a six-pack and you're like jesus yeah. fucking christ so He's just fighting in one-on-one, and then, like, he's like, I gotta go, like, you know, like, plot-wise, like, oh, we gotta keep this fucking movie moving, but yep. those are just the intros, for God's sakes. <laughs> um, I love the musical numbers, too. I'm like, where the fuck do these come from? Where they just they show up? Well. Dude, yeah, and it's like, I'm pretty sure that's them dancing, right? Like, I'm pretty sure. It is. No, that's, it's, so, in these films, most of the time, the, the dancing is them. The actors are, all have to know how to dance. It's a very choreographed, as you can tell. I mean, I, obviously, I, with the fight I, Jeez, dude, it's, like, super, yeah. like, crazy. I'm like, yo, this is insane. Like, they're going hella quick, so. But the singing is not them, usually. No. It's, that it's another know. artist that, that plays over them, even in the, you know, if you listen to the non-dub version. Um, in its original language, it's always it's usually somebody else that's singing. It's very rare that it's the actor singing as well, because they they end up those are their music videos. A lot of the times from these films, they end up becoming like hit Bollywood songs because they're they actual artists are playing this music and then they releasing it out for from the stream and stuff. And I mean, it's not just like a quick musical number either. It's like hey, this is like no, a, a ten whole, minute fucking right. musical number coming mm-hmm. up. So like, get fucking ready. So. <laughs> What about like, you, uh, wow. Marco? Any any kind of thing really stood out for you as far as a uh, big scene for you? Man, uh, definitely like what James said that that first fight where um, where he's just freaking bursting through all that all those people that crowd. He's just busting fingers and faces and 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 feet. I'm just like, holy fucking shit, man! Like Raju's just fucking like insane, dude. He's he's just on a mission, dude. The the whole training scene, obviously. Um, I don't I don't know if this fight is a, is a spoiler or not, but that that whole that whole fight involving the fucking animals and shit, dude. That was fucking yeah, that wild, was dude. Yeah. I I was like, holy shit! As if the movie hadn't won me over already. That fucking scene was wild as fuck. I'm like, they're using fucking animal warfare here, and it fucking works, and it pays off the whole training of like fighting the tiger and shit and it, it it all like just makes sense and you're just like oh Bro, they do okay. like a, a slow motion shot of him sliding under the fucking tiger and <laughs> just take someone else out i was like jesus christ um just the the, the ridiculousness of, of some of the things like when uh when um raju's interrogating uh one of beam's friends and he doesn't know it's his friend and he's like got him tied up and the, the dude throws a snake at him. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. dude. Straight up just dude. attacks him with a goddamn snake just out of nowhere. I'm like, all right. Okay, this this works. Um, yeah, and and like, obviously the, the, the whole fucking dance uh, scene was just great, man. They're just fucking showing like all those fucking Europeans off and just showing like this is how you fucking party, bro. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Get it. And like, you know, everyone's just fucking losing their shit watching these guys dance incredible man now i was gonna say i think the dancing is is it's it's just obviously a symbol of a lot of the indian films most most of hollywood uh, and it's catchy hollywood too films have them yeah and the songs can be pretty catchy and if you if you're reading the the subtitles on what they're describing it makes sense and what what's going on in, in the context of the story yeah it's yeah. not some random yep. just they're throwing in a song to throw in a song but even the white boy was just like okay let me dance i was like <laughs> let me try what this. is going on here 
And you know what? He was he was uh, holding his own for a little bit at the end. There. I know. I was like, what kind of party is this? And how do I get invited? <laughs> I was like, fuck. So, well, Dude, we the actions. To- well, one last scene. One last yeah. scene I want to bring up. Also, I mean, near the end, you know, he's Roger's on beams back, and he's just. It's kind of like a like the. It's kind of. <laughs> it's kind of like the embodiment of like their one right is like the unity yeah, the whole point unity. right like they're me, one person. Me and but dude, have done that a couple times. <laughs> dude is slinging like who? two bolt action rifles and just one hundred because <laughs> and then Beam is reloading it for him too. Dude, as he goes yeah. through. It's, it's kind of to show you like right before that too they were telling like Roger's like a marksman right like okay I yeah. get it but then they get to that and dude's acing like their body count's fucking insane in this movie dude yeah <laughs> and then the motherfucker just showing up like Goku at the end with the bow and arrows and shit I was like this oh, is God. fucking wild yeah. So. That's all. I just want to bring like the action in the last 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it is, because it's long as fuck. Um, it's just like nonstop from that point. Yeah, but he's just like, and then and then the guys are like stormtroopers. I can't fucking hit him, and he's like on top of him. I'm like, dude, pretty big target, man. Pretty big made, target. The Brits look like shit in this film. Like they were uh, just all they purposely do it, obviously, because right. I mean, I love the uh, the story of like what a bullet costs and the and yeah. how that comes back at the end too, and it's just right. like, ooh, yeah. fucking revenge, like. <laughs> So, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was, honestly, it's going to do the same thing, right? We've talked about the musical. We've talked about a lot of the action, which is, I think the action really helps to drive the film because it's notably campy, but it's so enthralling. You you want, you just are going with it. You're like, I'm here yeah. for this. Let's just just do it all. Um, yeah. But the, the core of the story is really uh, Beam and Ram's bromance. And so I guess the question really is, what did you guys think about that relationship and how they kind of portrayed it? Do you feel like that was a bit... Obviously, we talked about how it started, but do you feel that it was organic? Did you like the payoff at the end or the conflict that came about that? Um, I'll go to you, Marco. What were your kind of thoughts in that and their relationship in this film? I'd say it worked, man. I think it's it's just one of those situations when you come across someone that you just instantly get along with and you're just like, oh, shit, like, I think me and this fool are going to be like great friends and stuff. And they pull it off pretty well, you know? They were... Like, damn near, like, inseparable every time they saw each other and just, like, you know, always trying to help each other out and stuff. And I thought that, that was just, it, it made it heartbreaking when, you know, every time, you know, the reality check came and you're like, no, Raju's fucking basically hunting Beam. He doesn't know it, you know? And it made that, right. like, that, like, that tug of war feeling in your heart where you're just like, no, I want both of you to be all right, but you're both, like, adversaries and you don't fucking know it yet. Like I think it was handled very well because it, it 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 definitely has a payoff when they both come to that realization that they fuck we're we're adversaries we have to fight and it makes that that um that fight scene even like more dramatic because you you're you're seeing this tragic story of like these two friends who like really like deep down in inside or at least up until that moment like you don't realize this but they deep down inside they they both have like a noble cause and a noble mission and they, they just like don't know it. And because of that, they, you know, become adversaries for, for a moment. I think it was handled well. Like I was definitely emotionally invested and I was like, man, I want these guys to just fucking, you know, drop their shit and just go have a beer and be like, Hey bro, man, I I love you, bro. You know? Yeah. They did a good job with it. What about your thoughts on it, uh, James? No, I, I agree. To add to that, I think it works really well, especially like from the first scene they're together. 
You can tell. It, it's kind of crazy, I guess, because they, they're based on people that are, are real life, but they actually never met in real life, right? Right. Yeah. So this is like the fictional, like, what if kind of a variation of it all, which is kind of yeah. funny. But um, no, they do good, man. But then, like, obviously, like, Roger has, like, a much deep, like, dude, he's like a fucking, like, sleeper agent, really, if you think about it, like, For what real. he's really doing. Then they reveal more and more, like, he's actually been on their side the whole time, but he's, like, you know, he's... He's had this. He's playing like the long like game, cover, like to yeah. the max, like like long game. He's like, I'll be back in ten years. Like, holy fuck, mm-hmm. man! And um, no, it's good. I liked it. And there was even those comedic moments where like he's helping Beam uh, go after Jenny and stuff, and like, hey, just say, just say you can take her. Just do this. Nod your head. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, okay. like <laughs> endanger her by throwing nails in the middle <laughs> bro they blatantly just threw them. I'm like, yo, other people drive there too. You know, like, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's okay. The car's going 50 miles an hour. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, not yeah. With that. <laughs> and her being naive, she's like, I'm just gonna go to the Bro, random Indian when, to the market. I gotta bring up one more scene when Ray Stevenson shoots the truck and it goes flying. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, the with one end, shot, yeah. I was dying, dude. It goes flying. I was yeah. like, yo, I don't think it hit it that hard. Like, they went fucking flying, dude. Man, another so. bolt shots, but come on, bro. Dude, the, he flips up and is like super still, and he just takes a shot. And the fucking I love that it's like a Michael Bay explosion, bro. I love that his whole shot with him getting the gun line, catching it, getting the gun lined up, and take like that whole thing. I was like, yep, this is perfection. Like that, the director had, knew exactly what he was trying to get for this I, shot. Dude, no I was like, Chef's kiss when it happened. <laughs> chef's kiss. Mm. <laughs> oh man. Uh, what about now? You guys probably haven't had too much exposure to it, so this is probably this is also very new to you guys. But what did you think about the music, the soundtrack on this? How do you think it played in the film? Um, Indian Indian movies in general, the music is very core to to their movies, and um, really kind of is is basically just like any dialogue is very much a part of the plot as a whole. How did you guys feel it it worked with this film? And I mean, did you see that it was better for it or something was hindering it in any way? James, what what were your thoughts on the music and the soundtrack here? I think it worked good. It worked really well with the, like the, uh, I would say this goes with cinematography too. Like it was shot really well. And I think the music just adds to it. It was never, it was never distracting enough. Like musical, like you said, musical elements are incorporated well enough. And then as you were reading the, um, lyrics everything too on top of that it, it it works with what's going on so i liked it a lot yeah. so. what about uh you marco any any uh thoughts on the, the soundtrack do you ha- have you been playing it on repeat uh every day since you've seen this film oh, i got it on my spotify right now it's it's on repeat bro i was Dude, blasting he can do it the dance later. he showed me already yeah <laughs> hurt my ankles a couple oh, times but you know i mastered it i want to teach james we're, we're doing this in oh. public and then when you come visit, it's going to be a three-way dance, bro. It's just, it's just going to happen. I'm just, ready. Let's do it. That's just how we're going to go, bro. And after you get injured, you can go out, I'll, Bill. I'll put you on my shoulders, too, and walk you all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm holding two fucking water guns. <laughs> just cooling down the streets. <laughs> no, dude, they, the, the music worked, man. And like James was saying, like you read the lyrics, and, and it goes well with... like showing you how, progressing the story more and giving you more insight as far as like what they're, what they're feeling with how they, how they feel towards a certain situation. And it works, you know, I think they have enough of it there to, to make it work for the movie and, and, and not be like, um, not get in the way of like the story or, or, or progressing the movie. So I think it worked. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, we've talked a lot of positive things about the film, which is great. But was there anything that you felt was like, nah, this this really didn't need to be here and didn't work out for you guys? Anything that you wanted to see less of in this film, James? I mean, like I said, CG at sometimes a little rough. But once again, budget wise, this is not made like on a Hollywood budget. It's slightly less than that, right? Um, and then I I really wish Netflix had the original language on it too. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why they didn't have the Tamil version of it. Because I also noticed that like even even the English actors I think are dubbed their own lines. They like do. over yeah. it. I, I mean, think. I think everything was actually dubbed. Even the sound effects, like it was all because everybody was just out of sync in a lot of ways. Even the sound effects seemed to get a little off. You could tell because people were saying stuff, and I was just like, okay, but it, it's not terrible, like I was saying. So, and I guess uh, the guys, the actors that played Beam and uh, Raju actually went back and dubbed their stuff. Uh, oh, that's cool. In the Hindi, Hindi language as well, on top of that, so that they, when when that when they're saying that is actually them saying their lines again. So that's cool. Nice. But um, I would say those are the two glaring things. Also, um, it is really long, but that that didn't really affect me too bad. To tell you, I thought pacing worked really well for this. So, yeah, the films are very much. I mean, I think a lot of Bollywood films are like that, where they're very, very uh, directly letting you know that this is Act One, this is Act Two, this is Act Three. Like there is, so there's no confusion about it. You get the, you know where it is. There's not like a bleed in effect with it. Because I think part of it is because of how long the films are that they want to kind of give you that clear delineation of where we're going with this film and when you can take a break. It makes sense. Um, what about you, Marco? Anything that you felt wasn't really working for you in, in this film? Uh, no. Aside from not having the original dub, um, I, I think everything in this movie works. Uh, I agree with James. I don't think the length uh, bothered me at all. I, 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 despite the fact that it's three hours long, I, I feel like everything in there that they showed was necessary in order to keep like the story interesting, have it make sense, have these characters fully developed. Uh, I think that, I mean, it's a solid you fucking mean, movie, man. Mark, so you're saying they don't need a motorcycle scene at the end through a graveyard <laughs> for 15 minutes? <laughs> No, no, oh, they, we're gonna, they, they, we're gonna they watch don't this whole that. sequence. Okay, okay. why, why do sure. that when you can have a motorcycle scene on a bridge with a fucking horse? And you know, bro, why do that stuff? when the forest is when the city is literally burning around you and your your homie is holding a fucking car and throwing Dude. it in your? <laughs> I was like, this is fucking wild. I was wow. like, yo, if someone walked in right now, they're like, what are you watching? I'd be like, too hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, yeah, dude. Um. I, I really don't have many complaints of any of this movie. I was just so entertained and just having a blast, dude. And no, that wasn't the narco, man. It was straight up. Dude, all <laughs> Did me, your brother man. like it? Dude, narco? yeah, he fucking loved it, dude. We both loved nice. it. We're like, holy shit, dude, this movie's That's fucking great. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, my critique probably is mostly the plot, but I think there's a lot of Indian films. And I'm sure if we wanted to dig in and poke a lot of holes about why... The British Army wasn't retaliating uh, when uh, it's just two guys and they knew where one of their villages were, were beams from since they took the girl from there. Like, probably wouldn't be too hard to, to catch up on some of these guys. And the fact mm -hmm. that they're literally murdering a bunch of soldiers, especially Rom, who was part of the officer force, like, they wouldn't be keeping these guys alive. And the sense of the fact that it's supposed to be in the 1920s, but I've seen some people who are straight up where 
some clothing uh, that was certainly from like last decade. So I wasn't sure what the... the hey, uh, I don't know the area. You can't I was like, Bill, I guess gonna, this is what it looked like. I'm going to make you the expert on this one, Bill. <laughs> I was like, I don't I'll, ta- I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. I don't know. Well, even the, like the English people was like, I don't know if this is the style that you guys were wearing in India back in the 20s, but okay. This seems a little more <laughs> modern was like, for me. I was there. <laughs> But, I didn't realize um, this shit was going on in the twenties. Tell you the truth, that's how little I know, man. I think I think India um, was given independence after World War II, so they oh, were still under occupation it. until then. Um, but that's where a lot of uh, the British Empire kind of started getting cut up um, after the World War II. Well, the, and the Empire doesn't win in this movie. God damn it, Neville! De- I'm glad <laughs> they, they were definitely. Didn't. Well, yeah. Also, the governor being basically the person in charge of all of India seemed like just <laughs> kind of weird. Since they have governors for each section, but you know that's these are all little plot poke holes, which I, isn't something that anybody really needs to dwell over, mm-hmm. especially with. Or like, the I mean, if about. anything, even his wife is like super comically made a villain. Like, okay, yeah. bitch, oh, you yeah. are pretty Pure fucking wild. Even he makes a comment, uh, Ray, Ray, about his uh, wife with with the uh, whip with the spikes oh, yeah. on it, saying that's especially evil kind of thing. <laughs> she like, he like, almost tells her at bleed. one point, like he's like he's almost like yo, slow down, goddamn. Yeah, <laughs> he's like you're kind of going overboard. But um, yeah, I think I think just some of, there's a there's a few plot holes, some inconsistencies from as far as the time period is concerned. But that really isn't the main focus. So, and if you suspend enough disbelief about a man being able to be cured when he uh, just puts some herb on his knees and he can suddenly walk, <laughs> I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I think that's that's probably. I didn't, I didn't see him of, suck the venom out. Sorry. Yeah, right. The venom. He just oh. takes the, the the charcoal thing, which yeah. I I know is kind of a thing where they swallow the charcoal and do the filter. Uh, but um, I was that like, suddenly cures incurable poison. Yeah, he's a man of the earth. He knows the ways to heal people. So. Only his tribe knows how to cure that uh, snake bite. So apparently, mm-hmm. and and like I was on Marco, like you know, healing his knees with the herbs as well, and he can suddenly walk. Like you know, it's it's normal. Yeah, he put the stuff on it afterwards, bro. We don't know. That's fine. Yeah, so. With that said, uh, there's not we didn't really spoil too much of the plot. I feel like the plot is pretty straightforward. It tells you what the film's going to be about in the first 20 minutes. Um, if you can get to the first three minutes of production credits, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you can. <laughs> they want you to know, <laughs> so you can go through it all. I, I and, actually um, like that too, man. About. It was unique. The, the production credits, yeah. Just... <laughs> It was it's like that episode intro. of Family Guy where he's like, "Oh no, that's just a credit." <laughs> I this kept. Just, I was like, "Oh, the oh, this direct." Oh no, that's just a logo. Okay, never mind. <laughs> okay, well, seven minutes in the movie right now. But um, yeah, there isn't a lot. I think that we we really spoiled and we've been kind of vague and, and very specific plot details. So it's definitely uh, not going. There's not going to be a spoiler section per se on this film. Just more. Um, we've been just generally talking about the movie itself. But with that, just more in a bill dancing shirtless. <laughs> As always, you know, this is this is especially in this kind of uh, conversation with this film. Um so let's talk about how we want to rate this film. Marco, what did you give this out of uh, five stars? Five stars. Easy five stars, oh, wow. man. This is this is gonna be one of my Aced favorite it. movies of the year, man. <laughs> what I like it. I like it. What about you, James? What did you give this? You know what? I'm giving this one a four and a half out of five stars. Oh, oh wow, wow. Really high. I feel bad now. I gave it a four star myself, so I feel like it's uh, should have rated it higher in comparison. <laughs> Nabil, we never do your movies, so this is your one chance. Yeah, dude. Sorry. <laughs> it was like, fuck. 
He's like, there's um, plenty of great ones. No. Yeah, he's like, no, this is the only one. Um, it's the only one, sir. Sorry. So, James, any final thoughts? Uh, anything else specifically you want to speak to about this film or recommendations on it? Uh, I would just recommend it to anybody that's looking for a a, a different kind of uh, film, like a action, over-the-top kind of craziness. It's got... I like this story a lot. I think it's one of those movies that, once again, I mean, yeah, it's a foreign film, guys, so you got to, you know, you got to read, but we've done plenty of foreign films that are fantastic movies that I think a lot of people just kind of pass up on. So yeah. this one's readily available too. So if you have Netflix, it's on exclusively streaming on Netflix right now. So check it out. Any thoughts from you, Marco on this film? No, I, I agree. Uh, if, if you want to expand your horizons a little bit and give a foreign film a chance, th- this is definitely for you. I mean, like James said, you got that Netflix pop it on just you know fucking watch it and if, if three hours is too long for you break it in half man hour and a half today hour and a half tomorrow you won't regret it man you'll be entertained yeah they give you a clear line and where you can stop to, to show to um and uh, pick up on it later so mm-hmm. yeah i agree with you guys like if if you've not had your the opportunity to experience uh an indian film this is a great gateway for anybody who's really just kind of into nonsensical um, action films. Um, and it has a lot of heart to it, surprisingly enough. So you'll, I think anybody who watches it will get some kind of enjoyment out of it. You know, as long as you go in not looking too hard into what the plot is and just really what the overall story is and, and some of the big intense scenes that they, able, they were able to choreograph really well and put together on the screen. I think, I think anybody who watches this will enjoy it. So... If you and, don't want to make the bill cry, please yeah. just watch it. Don't hurt me. Watch it for my people. <laughs> it's, it's a solid movie. Hi, guys. So uh, that is the end of the pod, actually. Thank you for listening. Feedback, response, reviews. You can <laughs> you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Please uh, continue to like and share our stuff and shout us out. We'll shout you back. Also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Amazon Music, smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Thank you for giving us a shot. This is kind of a wild one that you joined us on, but we hope that you stick with us in the long run and uh you know catch some of the classic episodes too all right guys uh thanks marco so listen up next time for episode 129 we're going to be doing a double feature new marvel film thor love and thunder and the new netflix film from the russo brothers the great man so until then this is james and marco and nabil have a great one Check